Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Kusada Baptist Church. We want to be a lighthouse to guide you on your journey through life. Listen as our pastor, Dr. Jim Graham, shares a message from God's Word and offers sound biblical direction for your daily life. We're starting a new sermon series this morning, and uh, it's called Senses and the Soul. We're going to focus on the five senses, okay? Touch, taste, smell, seeing, hearing. Oh, I did it. Um, I got, thank you for the test, you know, or I might not pass the test. Um, and, and what we're going to talk about is how those senses, the things we feel, so this is about input, right? So how do the things we feel, how does that, uh, and the things we sense, how does that pair up with my soul? in my spirit and uh as always we're we're kind of looking at a passage of scripture together and we're going to once again be in a letter that paul wrote to the christians at corinth it's the letter of second corinthians so if you want to follow along today and over the next few weeks we'll we'll t- uh, be in second corinthians and uh, as we examine this i've got a couple of theme verses that i wanted to share with you each week and uh, the first one's kind of obvious it might be the most uh popular verse in second corinthians and it's in second corinthians 12 verse 9 and it says paul says but the lord said to me he said my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness he says i'm enough for you i I'm enough for your situation and what you need. I have enough power for you. And then Paul replies and says, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. In other words, like, you know how it is. A lot of times I'm just doing it myself. I'm doing my own thing. And I realize in those things that I'm not enough. Like, I can't handle it, you know, on my own and so paul realized that and he realized that when he's weak that he relies on the lord and that means the lord's power is is helping him the lord's power is fueling him to be able to live this life and do well so that's kind of the theme is that i realize with my five senses how weak i am i'm really realizing it you know first of all i'm a man so i can't smell you women know what I'm talking about. You women have, I don't know how y'all do it. Y'all are walk in a room and y'all go like, oh, smell that. And we go like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't know. You're walking in a room since we need to take the garbage out. And we're just going like, I don't know, you know. And then hearing, you know, as I get older, you're sitting there going, what? You know, and you, and you think back to, when, see, all you young people, you just think, we're getting old and the truth is we did what you did we were cranking our speakers up so loud when you know do y'all think back to that you're like rattling the windows and you're like i'm paying for it now but it was worth it and uh you know you can't hear i i never could see i never could see like i can't you know if i lose my glasses i'm in i'm in trouble and um and so as we go through, we realize how weak we are, how much we need the Lord. Now, there's a second verse. I don't always have two theme verses, but right after this in chapter 13, 
He talks about, I need Christ's power. And so he says in chapter 13, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. So he says, test yourself. Like, check, you, check yourself out. Like, run yourself through the game. So like, am I, is this real? Am I just doing lip service to God? Am I just saying it? Or do I really have the power of Christ in my life? A lot of people talk about the Lord. They talk about the Lord. But a real question is, do I have the power of God in my life? And when I'm at my weakest, do I have the power of God stepping into my life? Because if I don't know the power of God, do I know God? That's what he's talking about. All right, so for our senses, we're going to start with touch. We're going to start with the feeling, but I'm going to cheat a little bit because I'm not just going to talk about this kind of physical touch. I'm going to talk about what you feel, okay? And I specifically want to talk about how we feel the pressures of life and all that weighs on us. We, we experience a lot of problems. In fact, if you're a fill-in-the-blank person, the first blank is pretty simple. It's we suffer. We suffer. We struggle. You could write that if you'd rather. You know, we struggle. We suffer. We deal with stuff. There so as we talk today, what we're going to talk about is there is this cycle, there's this process that we go through, and we handle suffering way differently if we are a true believer in Christ. If I have Christ in my life, then the way I handle what I'm going to talk to you about is way different than the rest of the world. We all suffer. Every human being suffers and struggles. Now, it's varying degrees. We could get in an argument about who, you know, struggles more. Sometimes we feel like, you know, we've got it worse than the other person. Sometimes we see something and we go, I'm glad I don't have it like that, you know. But we know there's varying degrees, but we all struggle. First of all, every one of us has pain from the past. Every single one of you have pain from the past. Okay, maybe the six-year-olds in the room don't. I don't know. But every adult in here, young person, every, there's pain from the past. There's stuff from your, your home. There's stuff from your household. There's things that happened to you. Some of you, there are things that happened in your past that are horrible. Horrible. And we carry that with us, and we have it with us. And we deal with that pain, and it's affected us our whole life, our entire life. That thing has wore on us and pushed us, caused us to react and do things, that thing. Some of us have way more than one. We have several things. Just a whole, you know, litany of things. Some of it's your house, your house you grew up in. It's other people and things they did to you. We suffer. And sometimes it's not that. It's not the pain from the past. It's the problems of the present, right? 
we've got stuff right now. And we're trying to figure it out. Some of it's little bitty things. They're just problems, but there's so many of them. It's actually what just consumes all of whatever, right? Perlene sent me a picture yesterday. She's like, my car is talking to me, and it's telling me my headlight is out. Okay, well, now I have to go get a headlight and fix the headlight before it gets dark. Did you guys know that Walmart now puts their headlights under lock and key? Did you know that? I was like, what in the world are people walking off with bulbs for their cars? Is that what they're doing? They're just walking off. If you think it's hard to find the right headlight for your car, try finding a Walmart associate with a key to the thing. <laughs> yeah, wolf. Problems of the present, right? And that's a small problem. But sometimes the problems, they're like right it's family stuff it's relationship stuff there's job stuff there's money stuff there's physical health and you've got stuff right now so you're right now you there's something you've got to deal with that you have to do and then there's the troubles for tomorrow right the troubles for tomorrow. There's the stuff I'm worried about, the stuff I'm anxious about, the stuff that's got to be done, the stuff that's got to be fixed, the stuff that's kind of unknown, and I don't know how it's going to go and how it's going to turn out. I don't even know how big the problem's going to be. And I'm worried about how that's going to work out. And a lot of times when we're asking for prayer, we're asking about that stuff. How, how am I going to do, Lord? Right? And we all suffer. So, as Paul writes this letter, he's writing to a group of people and he understands, he's writing about suffering and comfort. If you'll notice, I'm going to read to you um, some verses right here. And as I read them to you, five verses, I'm going to read them to you. I want you to notice, like look for these, these two prominent words that keep popping up. The word comfort and the word suffer or suffering. All right, so 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, he says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. Right, do, you, do you hear them all that time? Comfort, comfort, comfort. Suffering, suffering, suffering. So fact number one, we all suffer okay fact number two we are all comforted by god now you can receive comfort a lot of different ways some are unhealthy ways that you seek comfort sometimes it's great there are other people in your life that comfort you there are activities and things that you do 
But God says, I want you to understand something, that the true number one source of all comfort is me. I'm God, and I want you to understand this, this cycle that we go through. And the difficult thing is, so we, we sit here and we go like, well, why doesn't God just erase all suffering? Like, why didn't he just take it away? If God is God and he's in charge of everything, why doesn't he just, you know, erase suffering? So it's interesting because you've got to consider what God values the most. So here God is, and he, he gives you some autonomy. He gives you autonomy to decide, do you want to follow the Lord? Do you want to trust the Lord or not? And what he desires more than anything is that you, of your own volition, you decide to trust God and follow him. This is the great argument of heaven, where Satan says, oh, they only follow you because you're good to them. It's the only reason they follow you. And he goes, no, 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 they'll follow me anyway. They'll love me anyway. And this is the big, you know, battle. But he, what he wants more than anything is for you to, to trust him and rely on him. Well, here's the, here's the truth. You're not going to trust him and rely on him if, if you don't need him. I mean, if, if you don't need your sins forgiven, you don't need Christ. If you don't have problems, you don't need a, a savior. You don't need a rescuer. You don't need it. And so, so what happens is we go through things and he says, I'm the source of all comfort. I want you to need me. I want you to reach out to me. I want to be in this relationship with you. And so I'm going to bring you comfort. And so I provide you comfort. And I want you to notice in verse 3 and 4 for, for what he says. He says, God is our merciful father. That means, mercy means, it doesn't matter if you deserve it or not. Right? It doesn't matter if you, you know, it's not like, oh God, you know, I'm on your good side. So you provide me comfort. You know, Junior over there. Just let them suffer a little bit. No, 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 no. He loves you. He cares about every one of you. And he's merciful. It's not based on merit. He sees your suffering. He wants to comfort you. He's the source of all comfort. All good. So every good thing comes from God. Every comfort comes from God. God is providing that comfort. And then that last line is really important to me. He comforts us in all of our troubles. Now that's big, because we have levels of trouble, and, and you know it because some of you, you would walk right up to me today, and you, you would say, hey, Brother Jim, pray for me, or I want you to know about this thing, and you would share it with me. Now, so it's likely something that doesn't paint you in a bad picture at all. So it might be a health thing. You're not in control of that. Like, you know, this thing happened, right? Or it's something that somebody else, some bad decisions they're making or some problems they're having happening. You know, and you, you, you'll share that stuff. But, ooh, none of us, none of us walk up to other people and share stuff that we're embarrassed about. That, like, we only talk to people that we're really close to about stuff that we're actually, actually struggling with. We bear, pain from the past, we barely bring that up to anybody. We barely admit that to ourselves. So we're embarrassed by some stuff. Like, are, are we, it weighs so much on us that if I come to you, I don't want to tell you the stuff that I messed up. 
like and go, oh, look what an idiot I am, or look what a bad choice I made, or look what I said. I'd be glad to tell you what they said and what they did Help me be wise and pray for them. But in that thing, I'm not going to tell you, and I said this, and you're going to go like, you know, I don't think you need prayer. I think they need prayer. I think you need to repent, right? You know? So we don't say all that stuff. I'm telling you that to say this. We all know that's true. You all have your stuff, okay? I want you to know that God says I'm the source of all comfort and I'm merciful and I will comfort you in all of your trouble. All of it. Even the junk that you're embarrassed by, that you did the wrong thing in, that you made the bad choice, and now you're suffering because of, you know, it's on you to some degree, right? The whole realm of suffering. I want you to know God will comfort you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to draw you to himself. Okay? And he wants to give you peace. And he wants to solve things. And he wants, I mean, he wants us to walk out and go like, there's a problem, but God is awesome. That's what he wants. Okay? So here's the third thing I wanted to say to you. We suffer, and then we're comforted, but you need to know something. This is not just so that I can be comforted. We're so selfish. We're so selfish. We talk about this all the time. If if you just come to church and everything about your church is just so, like, you can receive, then you're not getting it. That's not what it's about, right? It's not all about you. We know this in your homes, it's, you know, the kid, like, when they're born, they're like, this is all for me. This is all for me, right? And, and as they grow up, this is all for me. And you're going like, no, you're contributing. And they're like, what? Right? Oh, you're going to help us clean. I'm going to what? Right? And as they keep, oh, wait till they get this big and they move back in. And then you say, you're going to help pay rent. That what? Right? And you're like, no, you're contributing to this, you know, you're not just a consumer, you're a contributor, right? All right, so he says, I want you to know something. Don't think that I'm just comforting you so that you can be comforted. I want to give you something that you can give to other people. God loves you so much. This is so interesting. He doesn't need you. He could just go handle it himself. He doesn't need you. But, but he wants you to experience the joy of providing comfort. Who's the source of all comfort? God, right? He just said, I'm the source of all comfort. So you are never more godlike than when you're doing something that only God does. So he goes, here's what I'm going to do. You're not going to be a very good comforter unless you understand what the suffering's like. So here, you suffer, I will comfort you, and then they're going to suffer, and I'm going to comfort them, but I'm going to use you to do it. I'm doing it through you. And now they're blessed because they get what? Comfort. And you're blessed because you got to give 
comfort. And the crazy thing is, if you've ever had this experience, the crazy thing is that now you're sitting here comforting somebody and receiving joy and you wouldn't be able to relate to them and help them if you had not suffered and then you end up doing the weirdest thing in the world. You're thankful for your suffering. What a weird thing. What a weird, strange, godly thing. And so he says it in verse 4. He says, He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. And then if I fast forward to verse 6, he says, Then you, he's talking like if I'm talking to the other person, then you can patiently endure the same things that we suffer. So you're getting the cycle now, okay? I suffer, God comforts me, now I'm able to provide comfort. I'm able to give to others what God has given me. Okay, It's kind of like, think of it like, like money. So comfort's a commodity, so it's like money. So God gives me money, he blesses me, and then he says, Jim, I want you to tithe and I want you to be generous. I'm giving to you so that you can be a blessing to others. And there's this conduit, God doesn't need my money. God doesn't need my money. God's not sitting there going like, well, I'd like to continue with this whole kingdom work, but if Jim doesn't give his money, we're stuck. No. He's doing it for me. Like, I am blessed as I trust God and give what he's given me. Y'all with me? Like I'm, so it's the same thing with comfort. He doesn't need my help. He wants me to experience what it's like to be able to be a part of that process. So we provide comfort. Now, the big problem is the cycle doesn't end here. The big problem is sometimes we're overwhelmed. Sometimes the thing that we're suffering, the things that we're struggling with, the thing that we're having, we're overwhelmed. It's too much. It's too much. So let me read to you in verse 8. He says, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble that we went through in the province of Asia. We think you ought to know this. He says, We, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability, our ability to endure. All right, let me pause right here. So sometimes people get confused with this other passage of Scripture. There's another passage of Scripture, and it's talking about being tempted to sin. It's talking about you're being put in a position where Satan's trying to go, come on, do this bad thing, do this, right? Like, and you're being tempted. And in that passage, God makes a promise to us, and he says, I'm never going to allow you to be put in a situation like that without giving you a way to escape from it. Like, I, you will never be tempted to sin beyond your, your ability to escape from it. In other words, you will never be put in a situation where sin is presented to you and you do not have the, you, you are not able to get out of it. You will sin. Like, there's, he said, I'm not going to put you in that position. But that's being tempted to sin. Now he's talking about, he's not talking about sin. 
He's talking about suffering. And in suffering, sometimes we quote that passage. You'll never have more put on you than you have the ability to bear. That is not in Scripture. The opposite. Listen to what Paul's saying. This is Paul, the great missionary. Notice what he's saying. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. He adds, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. Like, you will be in situations where you are overwhelmed. You can't do it. You cannot do it. You can't. Can't deal with it. You might not can deal with it because you're eight years old. And you're going through something and there's adults and they're powerful and there's nothing you can do about it. You, you might be overwhelmed because somebody else is doing it and they've made up their mind and there's nothing you can do to change their mind and you're suffering all the consequences of their decision. There's nothing you can do. Sometimes there's something ravaging your body and there's nothing you can do about it. And you can gather your people. We gather our people like we run to our people. Like my kids, they'll call me, Dad, I had this problem. Help me, right? And we all have those people, our closest, you know, help me, help me. Guess what? Some stuff, they can't help you. They cannot fix it. They cannot solve it. They cannot do it. And you are overwhelmed beyond your ability. So I'm going to take a little poll. Have you ever been in a situation where you have been completely and utterly overwhelmed? You couldn't do it. You couldn't handle it. You're done. I want to see hands. And I want you all to look around. Do you, do you see how many people? I'll tell you who's not raising their hands. They're under 12. I mean, I mean look, we, we, look, and some of us, we could go, well, there was that time. And there was that time, and there was that, okay. Right? I mean, look, he says, I want you to understand that sometimes there's normal stuff, right? I mean, there's painful stuff and suffering, and there's difficulty, and, <coughs> and God comforts me, and I'm able to go to other people. But then sometimes it's beyond my ability. So why does that happen? I, look, there's somebody in this room right now. You're in it right now. Right now. And you can't fix it. You can't. You can't fix it. And it is kicking your tail. It is beating you down. And it's overwhelming. What do we do? All right, let's keep reading. He says, We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. Verse 9, in fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. This is the next step in the cycle. We learn to rely on God. We learn to rely on God. We figure out as believers and as followers... Yeah, i got to be honest with you. i got to be honest with you. I do not know what people who are not believers do. I don't understand what they do. 
There's a passage of scripture that says, don't grieve as those who have no hope. It's like you're facing a situation. It's like there are people, they don't have hope. They don't know. They don't know Jesus. I have, a, I have a Savior who died for my sin. So when I mess up, He died for my sin to forgive me. Even if nobody else does, He will forgive me, right? He has the power, this scripture says, to raise someone from the dead. It's like the, the worst thing you can think of, He can handle that. And so He wants to take us to this place where we understand that I don't have anything else and I have to get to that place. I have to. Some of us need it more than others. Some of us are just confident enough in ourselves that we think we can handle almost anything. You're strong, you're secure, you're smart, you can do it, you're tough. You're tough, been through a lot, you can do it. And then, guess what? Cool. But you can't do this. Oh, I can do it as long as I've got, as long as I got this person with me and this person, as long as I got them with me, we can do it. And then, guess what you find out? No, you can't. The hardest thing to find out is not only can you not, but they're not with you. Ooh, that's really tough. And we get to the place where we figure out that what we must do is go, okay, God, none of me, all of you. That's our theme verse. Our theme verse where he comes to the point where he says, therefore, I will, bo I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. In fact, in the next verse, he says, that's why for Christ's sake... This is weird. He says, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. When I'm weak, I finally go, oh yeah, dummy. I can rely on you, God. And then that gets me to the last point in the cycle. Because now I learn to have confidence and trust in God. Because I'll tell you what's happened to me. I, I go through this horrible thing. And, and I've been through this terrible thing. And then somewhere in that, I figure out, oh yeah, I can trust in God. For some of us, that was quite a process. Some of you still hadn't figured it out. But some of you, you know, you figured it out. Oh, oh I can rely on God. And you trust God. And God empowers you and strengthens you and rescues you and carries you. And now you kind of go along and something else comes along and you suffer and God comforts you and you rely on God and He gives you strength in your weakness and you trust Him and He gives you peace in the midst of all that's going on. And you go, this God's pretty awesome. And then you move on. And you start thinking the next thing that comes, I'm not going to have to worry about it. Because God's going God's to take care of it. 
And you start having this confidence in this relationship you have with God that is amazing. Listen to what Paul said in verse 10. He said, and he did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. And we have placed our confidence in him. And he will continue to rescue us. So here's my prayer for you today. This is, this is what I want for you as followers of Christ. I want you to figure out this part of the journey and get to this. Look, it's kind of a next level place, okay? But it's this place in the journey where I figured out this, this cycle that you suffer, but God comforts you. And he does it. It's not just for me to be comforted so that I can comfort others. And I start realizing the true value in suffering. Oh, I can comfort others. And... Sometimes it's so heavy, what I learned is to rely on God. And now I've, I've learned to rely on Him even in the peaceful times. And I'm learning more and more how to trust Him and how to rely on Him. And now I'm having more and more confidence, more trust in God. And what a sweeter place to be. And you know how I got to this sweeter place? Well, let me tell you about this time. And this time. And this time, Right? It's through the suffering. Because if I ask you to tell me the story of your relationship with God and where it took leaps forward in your life, you're going to tell me stories of suffering. That's what you're going to tell me. But why I'm pouring my heart out to you about this today is I, I know that some of you are in it today and I want to beg you, trust Him. He will comfort you. There's some of you that have some body in your life and they're in it today. And you know that because he wants you to comfort them. And there's some of you that are so anxious today about what's coming tomorrow, I want you to know you can trust him. You can rely on him. He is powerful enough to solve all your dilemmas, all your problems. So let's leave this place today with confidence. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. They're going to lead us in a song. We're going to sing together. We're going to worship together. He's a merciful God. And He loves us. And He comforts us. How about you today? Today, while we pray, while we sing, it's time for you to say, Okay, God, this thing I'm dealing with, I'm going to rely on you. I'm going to hand it to you. I'm going to let you do it. I can't do it. I can't. I'm trying. But I'm weak. And you are strong. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, help me in my weakness to rely on you. Help me in my weakness to just lean on your strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our prayer that it's been helpful in this part of your life journey. We invite you to join us at Kusada Sunday mornings for worship. Visit our website at kusadabaptist.org for directions and more information about our church.